Aaron, giving you now our top five things, the top five things that happened on our morning show, which I'm pleased to share with you. You can now listen to uh, live as it happens, mornings on Planet 93.9. That's one way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you like music. Every way you listen to the show is terrific and appreciated, whether you're listening to it live or here in this much more easy-to-digest form. Top five things. The green zone. <laughs> Begin with the, the first one. Number one. Yes. Number one. Number one. 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 Number one. The weekend is here, and hopefully you're able to recharge and, and decompress from the long work week. Although for some people, the weekend begins a little bit early, uh, sometimes in the middle of the week. Uh, there's a, a fellow that works at a McDonald's who's gone viral with a TikTok showing the best places to hide when you're working at McDonald's where no one will find you. I had a buddy who used to do that at the golf course. <laughs> who would just hide at work? He would hide it he would hide in the locker room. <laughs> Hides behind the racks that they have there to escape the stress of work. You know they have all the racks where they keep like all the ingredients. This kid like climbs behind the racks and just kind of chillaxes back there for a time. Uh-huh. All the boxes of condiments are stored on carts and supplies on the floor. Uh, this guy will then make his way behind a long metal rack to just hide and now, take he, a deep breath and try to decompress while sipping on a cold Coca-Cola. Now, does he hide when there's like maybe a lull in the day or is he doing this like at noon? It just says here, when you're sick of all the BS at work. And it, this thing has gone viral because a lot of people who work for McDonald's are saying that's exactly the place where I hide yeah, when I need to, yep, nobody to find he's, me. He's got that right. But if that's the case, mm -hmm. then you're not really hiding. People know you're there. Hell yeah, that's me when it's Monday and the rude customers are coming in. Which is everyone. Somebody says here, bro, dead ass. I was maintenance at a mcdonald's and i was chilling always listening to the music otp and smoking on the roof <laughs> climbing up on top of the mcdonald's someone else sharing here my spot was the walk-in fridge and my co-workers hang out by the dumpster because somebody bought a tent so they made a whole setup <laughs> you wait a minute so you're you're working at mcdonald's and somebody brought in a tent to set up by the dumpsters so you could just kind of take breaks? So you had a tent city? That's our break room. That's where we go to just kind of relax. Uh, another one here says, Bra, I used to do that when I worked at McDonald's in the dry stock room. <laughs> How do you get back there? I don't, I don't understand. It's a, it's a hiding spot. Until somebody moves the racks. Then, then what have you got? Now you're exposed. I used to, when I worked in retail, when I worked at venture stores, one of my favorite things to do was have a customer ask if I could find something in the back. Absolutely. I'm never coming back. And it was the greatest. If someone wanted something and we didn't have it on the store shelves, they thought somehow in the back we just kept extra stock yeah, of everything. Yeah, there's more stuff back there. Right. And rather than explaining... No, that's not how anything works. Uh -uh. What I would do is oh, say, sure. let me go look for you. Now, would you go And then I would, would you go sit on the boxes for a good 15, 20 minutes. 
And they were gone by the time you came back. Either way, it worked out great. Yeah. Because either way, they would be long gone when I came or back. Or they thought, thanks for looking that long. This kid really put his back into it for me. Yeah. I'd come out after 15 minutes. He really was trying. And I go, I'm telling you, I looked everywhere. Now, now, of course, I didn't look anywhere. I would sit by the machine that crunched all the cardboard boxes, maybe put my feet up on some, yeah. some patio furniture that we were putting out later on in the season, and I would just take a break for me, just now, to recharge. Now, did they ever try to find a superior and compliment you, and then they kind of look at you <laughs> and go, no. That's not how anything no, works. No, I wasn't getting any compliments working at Venture Stores. No one complimented you for for uh, being back there for no, 15 minutes trying I, to look. I think that the disappointment of not getting the toy or sporting good that they wanted put an end to their shopping day. Yeah, right. Like this let's was. Go, let's go home. I had a bad experience. Screw this. We're going to Kmart. Adventure can't meet our needs. Let me ask you, is it possible that you have one, a couple of these in the back? I don't know. Let me look. Gosh, I'll be happy to go look for you. Typically, that's not how anything works in the real world, but okay. <laughs> right. It's not a magical zone back there. It's not a portal to a place where all the stuff you want is. There, but I'll tell you what. There aren't tiny people back there making what you're asking for. And because the stock room wasn't air-conditioned like the rest of the store, uh -huh. if it was summertime... I would sit there, and maybe I'd get a little bit of a sweat on, just sitting yeah. on my on my butt, but I'd come out looking like I had just run a marathon for these people looking for their, you know, baby poops a lot or, a, you know, a, a, a sleeping bag, the new kids on the block sleeping bag that their daughter really wanted. So I'd come out, and I'd make sure to really put on the act like, oh, I, I was back there just going through everything, and I'm sad to report I wasn't able I to I tore find that it. place to apart. Yeah. And they'd say, I appreciate you looking. And I go, Oh, it was nothing. I'm happy to I'm happy to help. It was really nothing. Yeah. That's twenty minutes that I didn't have to stand around waiting for you mouth breathers to come and talk to me. If anyone needs me, I'm happy. And I would do it too, where I would say I was hanging out with another coworker, right? It's 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 me and Tracy or me and Bill. And a customer would approach both of us. I would jump on it like, let me go in back and look. I'll do it. I got this one. If anyone needs me, I'll be back there. Just sitting around waiting. And then if somebody would come in, like another coworker, like, what are you doing back here, man? Hmm, looking for something. Mind you, why don't you mind your business? What, what are you, a, a cop? Yeah, what are you, what are you, a venture cop? What are you, the ISB? Don't worry about it. Tell you what I'm doing. I'm making minimum wage and looking goofy in this vest. That's what I'm doing. Actually, I look pretty good in the vest. I did, too. I did. Sometimes I'll just wear just the vest. <laughs> just the vest with this name tag. And you notice, you notice here this spot here on my name tag where you get little medals and, and little ribbons for excellence? Do you notice how I have nothing there? Just my name? <laughs> You notice how like there's there's three little dots here, and each one is for like different uh, tests that you pass. You, do you see how I've got nothing? I have no flair on do this you, name tag. Do you see all these little puncture wounds right here? <laughs> that's when I, that's when I wear just the vest. That's where I just have the vest on. Uh huh. And uh, mm, it's it's quite a look. I can't believe I'm not doing better.
out there with this vest on. Two. 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 As sure as you're born, every October you can count on two stories. Every year, as long as we've been doing this, there are two stories that happen. There is the Halloween decoration that is mistaken for a crime scene, and there's the genuine actual dead body that is mistaken for a Halloween decoration. I've got a, a, a Halloween decoration that has been left outside a home that people are saying is in such bad taste they'd like it removed. Halloween fan has a Halloween decoration outside their home mm -hmm. where it looks like a dead body has been wrapped in trash bags yeah. and then left by a tree that's covered in spider webs. Uh -huh. So it's like they just murdered somebody, yeah. wrapped them up in black trash bags and silver duct tape, and put them outside a, a home. Well, that leads you... You just, you just don't know. <laughs> could be, could be either, either or. Someone saying here, uh, can we agree that this Halloween decoration goes too far? And of course, no, that's not something people will agree to. The dead body that's been taped up inside a garbage bag propped against the tree with the fake cobwebs. People suggesting this looks more like a prop from a gangster movie than anything Halloween. Yeah, I mean... I guess just the fact that it's supposed to be a dead body is supposed to be terrifying, right? Spooky. Mm-hmm. It's spine-chilling, one uh, homeowner on the block says, and they've taken things a step too far. Others suggesting that this is just a, a bit of fun and that it's, you know, just a, a someone with a really dark sense of humor. Uh, if somebody nearby was recently killed, one person writes here, then it would be in poor taste. But otherwise, it's pretty funny. Another person suggesting that this doesn't go far enough. Quote, take it to another level. You need a shovel to stick into the ground next to it. If you want to go even better, dig a hole. Hire a cement mixer and have a few bags of cement and sand, too. How elaborate do you want this to be? So they want cement boots on this thing. I guess. A third person saying here, uh, I thought Halloween was supposed to be out witches and ghosts. Not the local Sopranos tribute act. <laughs> yeah. yeah, wasn't it? I mean, originally that is the. It's supposed to be more supernatural, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. It's supposed to be about vampires and Frankenstein's. Yeah, and Frankenstein's monsters, things that don't exist. <laughs> right, right. People do get killed and thrown in trash bags all the time. Yeah. This woman, uh, completely different story here, but this is more in the spirit of Halloween. Uh, she says she's engaged to a ghost. Mm -hmm. And she's inundated by living men begging her to dump the ghost. <laughs> she says she first met and fell for Eduardo, the ghost, after he made a supernatural appearance in her home. Things became serious, and Eduardo, the ghost, popped the question in November of last year. She says her ghostly partner asked for her hand in marriage by leaving a diamond ring on her pillow after they'd had a fight. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Yeah. If you were really 
enamored with a girl. Yeah. And she said she was engaged with a ghost. Yeah. Or or was seeing a ghost. Yeah. Dating a ghost. Right. Would you be willing to have a threesome? <laughs> well, I would say probably not, but I don't know. I mean, I mean really like, enamored. Peyton. So she was like, I want you and me and Eduardo to... Yeah. to Hmm. Okay. There'd have to be some real ground rules and boundaries established before I could be comfortable with this. She happily accepted the uh, engagement proposal there Mm -hmm. and then publicly announced it. But ever since she revealed that she's engaged, she says she's had to field off a number of messages from living men who are begging her to ditch Eduardo. And give them a chance instead. I'm not saying this is going to end up as being any sort of long-term relationship. (laughs) But she's offering up the threesome with the ghost. She says her inbox has been flooded with as many as 10,000 messages. Um, Most of them are men begging her to kick her ghostly fiancé to the curb. She says she's been left amused by some of her more imaginative admirers, revealing that, quote, "...the messages are hilarious." One guy wanted us to sleep in a coffin. Another collected taxidermy insects. And another's biggest selling point was being alive. Okay. She's, uh, she says, uh, here's an email she shares. Somebody saying, you're far too stunning to be hitched to a dead man. I'm alive, baby, and ready for you. Marry me. Another imploring here, OMG, don't marry that psychotic spirit. Marry me. I will treat you right and not scare you like that. I can leave messages in the shower and take you away for real. Oh, man. Despite all the effort her admirers have gone to, one even wrote her a poem. Uh, she says she has not ever been tempted by any of the messages she's received fo- so far. But she says Eduardo is furious about all the attention she's getting. Well, see, that's why I'm trying to offer a compromise. (laughs) (laughs) She says when she reads the messages from these other guys begging her to dump Eduardo the ghost, the lights will flicker on and off like crazy. The room will turn ice cold. And she says uh, her phone went black and died. It wouldn't even turn back on for hours after she plugged it into its charger. She says mysteriously when the power came back, a lot of the messages from these fellas were in her uh, her trash folder. So Eduardo is not amused. She claims that she is able to communicate with Eduardo the ghost in alternative ways, including cryptic shower messages. What? What? I need to go to speak to Eduardo. I'm going to go take a shower. I mean, does he probably write like in the steam on the door or something? Can I go talk to him too? <laughs> I'd like to see this. She says, I love it when people reach out and send lovely messages about my music and designs or show genuine interest in what I create. But the personal notes about dating, sex, or critiquing my appearance make me feel really uncomfortable. My mind often boggles, she says. I often feel mischievous and get tempted to reply. Yeah, sure, let's get married, just to see what would happen next. I never do, though, because strangers online, she says, can be far scarier than ghosts. 
Well, that's you got the, that right. That's the smartest thing she said. No, I'm down with that. <laughs> no, you're that that is 100 percent crazy like a fox. This one, yeah. Or check into a psycho or whichever comes first, huh? She says it's the amount of messages that she's dealing with. The guys begging her to dump Eduardo the ghost. She says it's hundreds of messages per hour. At one point, she said it was getting impossible to function because of the sheer amount of proposals and love bombs that were hitting her inbox. And love bombs. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, wish her and Eduardo the Ghost every happiness. She's got kind of like an Adams Family vibe going on. Yeah, stick with the ghost. Right? What if you got dumped for a ghost? What would that be like? What if she had a boyfriend before and then she dumped you to go be with Eduardo the ghost? Did you say that she had a boyfriend? No, I'm just... (laughs) That seems like something that could happen, though. I've been ghosted... In in relationships where they just never call or dump you for again. A, dump you for a ghost, but I, I, but I, at least I, then I got dumped for I'm assuming a real living person. No, I, I've seen worse. <laughs> Inundated by the living men begging me to dump Eduardo the ghost, she's not going to do it, guys. No, what being, her and Eduardo have is real. Being dumped for a ghost that's a that's a circle I could square. <laughs> Checks out, <laughs> but uh, right. Okay, that well. that eases my mind. <laughs> this is this breakup's not going to be that tough on me. I'm going to be. I think I'm going to be able to bounce right back from getting dumped for a ghost. Yeah. Number three. 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 Weekend is here. Maybe you're going to an October wedding. I've got two wedding stories. People involved in weddings and wondering if maybe they acted in a way that was inappropriate at the wedding. Yeah. Or, or are they part of the wedding? Well, let me get started with this first one. Uh, am I a jerk for not getting my friend a wedding present? Uh-huh. My friend Sam was supposed to get married in 2020. She had a registry, so as soon as she sent it out, I purchased a really nice, expensive tea set. She received it long before the wedding and thanked me. This was in 2020. Yeah. As we all know, the virus ruined a lot of wedding plans in 2020. Sam went ahead with her wedding, but at an incredibly reduced capacity. Yep. All of her friends and a lot of her family were understandably uninvited. She had an incredibly intimate ceremony. I have to trim down the the list. No reception, no honeymoon. But she was happy to tie the knot sooner rather than later, and we were all thrilled for her. Two years later... Sam and her husband decided to renew their vows in front of everyone and finally throw the reception they had originally planned. Yes. I attended, and we all had a fantastic night. I was thrilled for her, and she seemed to have a great time. But a week later, I got a lengthy message from Sam about how upset and disappointed she was that I didn't get her a wedding gift. Now, you already did that once, right? Honestly, the thought never crossed my mind to get her another one. Yeah. I guess since she was renewing her vows, she thought it should be treated like a whole new wedding? Because I didn't attend the first one. In my mind, they had one wedding. Yes. I reminded her that I did buy her a gift from their registry before their initial wedding. 
But she insists that it's etiquette to buy a present for renewals. No. Because they are just as important as first weddings. False. I won't deny they're important, but what if somebody wants to renew their vows every couple of years? I don't see why I should have to keep buying you gifts. I was always taught that you purchase a gift that costs more than your meal does. Since brides and grooms pay a lot of money to feed their guests... If they had a reception at the first wedding, then I might have gotten them a gift to compensate for my meal at the renewal. I called Sam up to better explain myself, and I tried to explain this concept and how I was brought up with it. To lighten the mood, I jokingly said something to the effect of, I only got one meal, so you only got one present. Well, that was a big mistake, because Sam (laughs) absolutely blew up at me and hung up. Tough. Now she's telling all of our friends that I'm a selfish pig who doesn't respect her marriage. So you're the only one that didn't get a second, didn't didn't buy a second gift. That I only came to the wedding for a free meal. By the way, the hotel stay and cab fare cost me way more than the meal. So that doesn't even make any sense. My friends aren't taking sides, but some of them have said that they did buy her another wedding present for the renewal. That's on you. Not sure if these presents were from the registry, but surely I'm not the only one who thought... One wedding gift was enough, right? I'm hoping lots of other gifts guests had the same mindset in, as me. Or am I missing some obvious rule about wedding gifts? Am I the jerk here? I wouldn't be getting a second gift. Would you? Hell no, I wouldn't be getting a second. Not. A renewal? No. No. It's not even really a renewal. Two years? I don't I don't understand any of this. No. I got you a really nice present when you got married two years ago. Yeah. That's what you get. Why would I give you something else? Why didn't you get me anything? (laughs) Get you you anything for what? I don't know. My birthday? And the point of wedding gifts is the couple is starting their new life together. It's a gift. You've already been doing this for two years. Yeah, You're 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 not building your household anymore. You probably hate each other now. It would never even occur to me, maybe a card, maybe a card, but yeah. there wouldn't be a check in the card. No. If I was going to a renewal ceremony no, two a, years after you got married? No. Okay. Not a second time. Uh-uh. No. <laughs> no. None of that makes any sense. It seems to me that you've, you've got somebody uh, in your life that maybe doesn't need to be in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Surely not again. Surely not again. Surely not again. Surely not again. And then there's this one. Am I a jerk for telling my brother, and I was his best man, Uh that his toxic but love of his life ex was trying to get in touch with him the night before his wedding? You, you follow all that? Okay, so he did. He did tell him. My brother, no, did, I did not. Oh, okay. Oh, no, I did tell him. You did tell. I, him. Am I the jerk for telling my brother that his toxic was trying to uh, ex was trying to get in touch from the night before his wedding? My brother started dating Big Sheryl when he was in sixth grade. <laughs> what do you mean dating? He's twenty five now. To show how long this has been going on. Yeah. To say that he and Big Sherl were toxic together is an understatement. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they tortured each other for over a decade. <laughs> to say they've broken up and gotten back together well over a thousand times is another understatement. 
even by using by a thousand times is an understatement. <laughs> My entire family would go through the roller coaster ride uh, with him. Yeah. And we'd always see him date a really nice girl. Then Big Cheryl would get in touch with promises uh-huh. of porno sex. And he'd dump the nice girl oh, and be right back into that's, Big Cheryl's arms. That's the promise she made. <laughs> if you get this back together ma- with me, no. I'll give you porno sex. No, this is made up. I don't know. It says it's been about two years since their last breakup. And he met a girl named Carly, who is literally a peach. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> literally a peach? I don't Does think it work that way? No, if he's literally marrying a peach, then I would, he's better I would, off with Big Cheryl. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get kicked out of the high V. You are going to get kicked you, out of the high V. You marry a peach. If you expect porno sex from a peach, <laughs> you are, you're going to get banned. Random. It's been about two years since their last breakup, and he met a girl named Carly who is literally a peach. We all love everything about her. My brother finally went no contact with Big Cheryl at the time he met Carly and has had two years of relationship bliss. They got married on Saturday. My brother says he blocked Big Cheryl on everything, and I'm inclined to believe him since it's been two years since her stench has darkened our doors. (laughs) I like that. We had a Her very stench <laughs> has darkened our doors. Big Cheryl, you're a nightmare. We had a very low-key bachelor party on Friday, and then we played poker and smoked cigars. At about 11.30, Big Cheryl texted me and asked if the wedding was really taking place. I said yes and not to bother my brother. She said to please let him know her heart was breaking. And that she would be his personal bachelor party if he was so inclined. (laughs) Wow. I didn't say anything to my brother that night. But on the way to the ceremony, or from the ceremony to the reception. On the way from the ceremony to the reception, I made a joke about Big Cheryl contacting me. And you could see the blood drain from my brother's face. All he said was, thanks. Oh, no. Well, later in the evening, Carly caught my brother in the kitchen of the reception place on the phone with Big Cheryl. Oh, no. They had a huge fight. And while they tried to put on a good face for the rest of the reception, it was cold as ice for the rest of the night. My brother came over and said that I've ruined his life by telling me that Big Cheryl had gotten in touch with me. I guess he and Carly now have been fighting nonstop since Saturday. And there's talk of canceling the honeymoon. My brother totally blames me and says I should have known better. Was I the jerk for telling him that Big Cheryl was trying to get in touch with him? I think I would have kept that to myself. Yes, of course you should have kept that to yourself. But he's been married for like a half an hour. And you float the Big Cheryl out and he's on the phone with her? Why is he on the phone with her? Yeah, this well, for some of that porno sex, I guess, I that's so popular these days. I'll be your personal bachelor party. 
you know what? You gotta give you gotta give it to Big Cheryl. <laughs> she knows how to get your attention. <laughs> Big she, she does have a way of saying things. She, I would uh, be his personal bachelor party <laughs> if he is so inclined. She I could give him the Big Cheryl treatment. She does have a way of saying things. Oh my gosh, Big Cheryl is nothing but trouble. I wonder if Big Cheryl is like four foot ten. Yeah, why do they call her Big Cheryl? Well, that's why. I can't get her. I can't get. I can't get this woman out of my mind. I don't know anything about her other than she's Big Cheryl, and apparently, uh, apparently, <laughs> apparently, Big Cheryl's a good time. Almost like winning the Powerball. <laughs> Never had porno sex before. I'm scared half to death. You should be. Never been on the news before, but I've been on Big Cheryl a thousand times. Literally a peach. That's an underestimation. <laughs> to say, yeah, let me read. That is my favorite line of the whole of the whole bit here. To say they have broken up and gotten back together well over a thousand times is an understatement. <laughs> understatement. <laughs> well. Yeah, I you you probably didn't need to tell your brother about no, Big Cheryl, you, but it, I think big I think your brother's the bigger jerk than you are in this case, right? Yeah, he could have just done nothing. Well, should have that just, would have been the yeah. appropriate thing. Big Cheryl called, huh? Great. Whatever. You know, I got I got married a half Whatever. an hour ago. Just keep it to yourself. How is that any of my business? I married this girl who's literally a peach. We don't have long together. No, we She's don't. starting to ripen. Number four. 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 What did Barney Rubble do for a living? Fred Flintstone's best friend. What did he do for a living? Importer, exporter. <laughs> I just learned this. And you know, I have something of an obsession with the Flintstones. I mean, it's informed a lot of the choices I've made in my life. Okay, Fred. Why did you drink my car polish? Barney Rubble is Fred's best friend. We know that Fred works at the quarry. Yeah. But they don't really ever get around to saying what Barney does. And this is the thing that I just learned that blew me away. He actually works at the quarry along with Fred. And the reason that's the case is, back in the 60s, when the show was on primetime television on ABC, it would have been on Channel 8 back in the day. Uh-huh. There was a security guard that worked at Hanna-Barbera Studios, and the phone would ring off the hook, and it was always people asking, hey, what does Barney do? And the security guard at Hanna-Barbera had had enough, and he decided he was just going to say, yeah, he works at the quarry. And then they had to kind of make that the official story. The security guard was tired of but all the phone calls. But they never show him at the quarry. Well, there, there's like one episode where they kind of do. There's another episode where he works for a, a Mr. Granite in a, in a different building. But yeah, the, 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 they uh, later on would kind of work him in. How difficult would it be to show where Barney works? It does seem doesn't, like... Doesn't, <laughs> doesn't that lend itself to a, an entire episode? You would think, couldn't it be used uh-huh. as the, you know as the uh, the jumping off point, point for several episodes, <laughs> right? You would think you would think that would be a pretty easy thing to do. 
Barney's at work and Fred's got to go visit him at his where he works. I mean, they're always bowling. Can't you have him work at the bowling alley? Yeah, how come Fred never once asks, like, how was your day, Bon? How was your day doing what you do for a living, Barney? Tell us a little bit more about that. The subject of Barney's occupation, or even if he had one, was never given during the original series. It was in subsequent spinoffs of the show that suggested that Barney went to work at the Slate Rock and Gravel Company alongside Fred as a fellow dino crane operator. But from the show that aired from 1960 to... There's no proof of that. 1966, they never once even say that he has a job. It could just be that he's, you know, a house husband. I don't know. Independently wealthy. Who knows? Telemarketer. When speaking to an upper crust snob in another episode... Betty declares Barney is in top secret work, but that might have been a cover for a low-level job or unemployment. So Barney's unemployed, and Betty's going around telling everybody he does secret work for the government? Well, maybe he is a spy. (laughs) Or it could have been an in-joke, meaning that Barney's job was unknown even to the show's writers. But it was established as canon, again, by a security guard at Hanna-Barbera, who was tired of the constant phone calls. Oh, jeez. Now the phone's ringing again. I know what this is about. Hello, Hanna-Barbera. Yeah, he works at a quarry. All right, thank you. Barney's voice changes. If you watch the early episodes and then later episodes, it's a completely different voice, and the reason for that is Mel Blank was in a very serious car accident and had had to change how he did the voice. And for a time, they even had Dawes Butler... Fill in because Mel was, I mean, he was he was in a coma for a time. Do you know how many security breaches have taken place here at Hanna-Barbera because I'm on the phone talking to you people? people? While I'm on the phone with you, do you know what's going on here? We're getting ripped off blind. People are stealing. I have to. Somebody stole Yogi Bear. I don't know how they did it, but Yogi Bear is missing. Because I had to answer all your phone calls. <laughs> I was too busy on the phone to see what was going on. (laughs) They pulled a truck up onto the lot. And I didn't see it. We're we're missing Quick Draw McGraw. We're missing Snagglepuss. Huckleberry Hound is nowhere to be found. Right under my nose. And you know why? Because you people keep calling. And that's how, you know, I guess in the 60s, that's how you found out things. You would make phone calls. You couldn't go to uh, the website, right? There there weren't any books you could read about. See if there's anybody there. Call them. Oh, I got somebody. Oh, he says he's a security guard. Hang on, he would know. Why would you assume the security guard would know? Yeah, I'm, I'm just here to make sure people don't steal... I'm constantly getting reprimanded because of you people. I'm here to make sure people aren't stealing inks and paints. I can't. I'm on on thin ice around here. (laughs) Mr. Barbera told me if one more television monitor goes missing, it's coming out of my check. It's my ass. (laughs) (laughs) They've started docking my check. I'm essentially working for free. 
Because you people keep calling. Please. I'm begging you. I can't go home and show stop, my wife... Stop the madness. A, ...a check statement that just has a bunch of negatives on it. He works at the quarry. Can we just leave it at that? Five. 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 Number five. Those adult Happy Meals at McDonald's. Someone has uh, listed the toy from the adult Happy Meal on eBay. The Cactus Plant Flea Market Box. Uh-huh. This was designed to engender feelings of nostalgia for adults. And now it's kicking off a bidding war. They sold out at McDonald's locations across the country. So now the only way to get your hands on these toys is on the secondary market. And people are taking advantage. Toys from the Big Mac combo meal popping up on eBay. Uh, One person wants $300,000 for it. $300,000 for a single toy from an adult Happy Meal. Uh, It says here, will sell fast. $300,000.95. They would also uh, ask you to cover the $6.10 in shipping fees. Another seller wants $25,000 for an unopened Happy Meal toy. It's hard for me to believe this, but neither of these listings have received any bids so far. And you would know this, maybe. Yeah. McDonald's now has a Halloween Happy Meal going on. Right. So that's something they used to do back in the 90s where it's a... a This is going to be what you use to go trick-or-treating. Yeah. It's like a bucket, and it either looks like a pumpkin or a skeleton. Put it in a bucket. Yeah. Yeah. Those... the Put your meal in a bucket. Those are back. Now, does that come with a toy, or is the bucket the toy? I think the bucket's the toy. That would make sense. Yeah. The Halloween Happy Meal pails are back for the first time since 2016. Those are showing up on eBay, too, by the way. Buckets. Yeah. Somebody got their hands on 150 of the adult Happy Meal toys. Yeah. And they were able to sell them for 2400 bucks. So 150 toys, 240 to 2400 bucks. That's 16 bucks per toy. That actually, they did turn that around and flip those for, for some actual coin. Someone had a first-generation iPhone. iPhone came out in 2007. And they were smart enough when the iPhone came out in 2007. Whoever Just left did this, it as it is? Left it in the box. It's still unopened in its original box. And what do they want for it? Uh, they bought it for $599 in 2007. Uh-huh. And it has sold now. Yeah. This isn't what they want for it. This is what it sold. Uh, the first, very first iPhone unopened in the box from 2007, just sold at auction for $39,000. That is 65 times what they paid for it. Now, with all the updates and everything that's Mm -hmm. gone on, is it operational? Oh, that's a great question. I don't know. This original iPhone sold for $39,339.60. I don't think you would want to open it up and tr- it's probably only this valuable because it's still in the box unopened, yeah. right? Uh, 
says here in the uh, item description, collectors and investors would be hard-pressed to find a superior example. Relevance and rarity comprise a winning formula for this red-hot collectible. It was listed on the LCG auction site on September 30th. The auction concluded over the weekend. They thought it was going to sell for $30,000 or more on the auction block, and it did. Right at a little more than 30 grand. 65 times the original price when this thing came out. The bidding started at $2,500. Hours before the auction ended, the top bid was around 10 grand. But as the auction neared its close, more and more money started pouring in for this thing. The first generation iPhone came with a 3.5 inch screen, a 2 megapixel camera, and the Safari web browser. You could buy a new one now for eight hundred bucks. I'm I don't know if this one it probably would still work. You would think, maybe? I don't know. Otherwise it's just a thing in a box that people with too much money want. Is it all over, Rock? I guess so. I didn't think it'd be like this. Oh, I don't want it to end, but Oh, it has. That gosh, was, that was good. That was, yeah, well, it was. Those were the top five that, things. You know what that does? That really clears the palate. <laughs> Here's hoping. Thanks so much for downloading it, listening to it, subscribing to it. If you get a chance, you know, leave a review. Tell somebody that you know about the No podcast. big whoops. Yeah. It would be terrific. Until we get a chance to do it for you again, hang loose, kooks. And you stay classy and safe, Quad Cities. Come on, Quad Cities. Represent. This is for the Quad Cities record spot. Davin board. Yeah, we keeping it locked. Rock out. Come on. And it just don't stop. East Moline. Yeah, they keeping it hot. Uh. Hasta la vista, suckers. <laughs> um, I just want to thank each and every one of y'all for all you've done to your bodies. It's still real to me, damn it. Ooh-wee, what a cliffhanger. Oh, boy, oh, my. That's a real crazy ending, huh? Stand clear of the closing doors, please.